Welcome to Create Your Own Light, where we harness our past, we embrace our future, and learn to conquer the roadblocks along the way together. I'm your host, Travis Howes. Let's get on with it. All right, guys, the cameras and the audio is rolling on uh, episode six. This is my first attempt at doing a video with the audio. So this should be available on YouTube given the fact that my phone doesn't die. I have it plugged in um, or I have this fancy LED light on top of the camera. Can you guys hear me breathe? I'm all out of breath and shit. Um, if you, uh, So I'm going to try to have this available on YouTube as well. So I'm trying to get on that platform. Um, I just, just reached 1,000 subscribers. And if you haven't subscribed yet on YouTube, go get it, baby. I can't do it without you. Uh, you can watch this. I'm just sitting in my office. Sometimes I'm just wearing jean shorts for uh, for the Memphis barbecue guy. I'm always referencing that dude. Uh, you got to listen to episode one to know what the hell I'm talking about in that. Um, sometimes I'm wearing a sundress. You know, it just kind of depends on on my mood for the day. Uh, it's 2021. Motherfuckers don't judge me. Hope you guys are having a kick-ass week. I um, I just got back from Birmingham, Alabama. And I recorded episode five from my hotel room. And if you didn't hear episode five, about halfway through, uh, let's just say my neighbors, um, the room next to me, they were celebrating a honeymoon or it was a out of control swinger party. I don't know what was going on, but no, I'm just kidding. There there was nothing. It was very boring. Um, But dude, we're talking about purpose, right? I was living my purpose in Birmingham. We had five sold out shows. No, we had five shows. Four of them were sold out. And the fourth one was literally like, I don't know, 30, 30 40 people away from being sold out. 500 something people in each show. I mean, what an amazing time Birmingham, Alabama at the Stardome is. Um, I am your host, Travis Howes. For those new listeners, I don't stop the tape. We just record. If a plane flies overhead, that's what you're getting. I'm not, I'm just me. Not trying to be um, the biggest, best podcast in the world. I'm just trying to connect with my my people on uh, social media, Instagram, or whatnot. Um, and I can't thank you all enough for being here. I I have some notes written down. So last night, last night I had to go on Facebook and do a Facebook Live and an Instagram Live. And let me tell you why. Because Facebook is not showing my podcast posts for whatever reason. They're trying to monetize me and I get it. They're a business. When I switched my Instagram account, as soon as I hit 10,000 followers, I switched it from a personal account to a business account. And when I did that, any post that I did referring to my motivational speaking, my comedy, uh, my podcast, my book, anything they're censoring my posts now. And they're, um, the algorithms have got me. So I had to go try to be a little smarter than the computers and, uh, I went on, um, Instagram live and uh, Facebook live to, to reach you guys directly. And we had a good, good, good little support group going there. And I was able to let more people know they, they didn't even know I had a podcast out. I'm here. I am recording episode six and they're like, they messaged me and they're like, dude, I didn't even know no shit because Facebook wouldn't show it to you. So I need each and every one of you. If you guys are enjoying these podcasts, um, I really appreciate your support. Like I, I always say, man, what I do is because of you. And I can't do it without you. Um, so if you would be so kind to tell your people um, about this podcast, if you think they'll enjoy it, I'd really appreciate that. Um, because I think we are definitely reaching a 
um, a certain clientele of people, if you will. It's people that are very similar to us. And then some people, they don't, they haven't had the experiences that many of us have had, but I still think it makes for interesting content. Maybe, maybe it's a spouse of somebody that's, um, been exposed to trauma or something like that. And maybe this can give them a little insight on how to deal with that. And that's kind of what we're going to get into today, but I had a good time talking on Instagram last night, um, and Facebook, because it reminded me of something when I was in my early twenties, I was on a, Instagram, especially, because everybody has everybody has handles. Johnny Two Socks eighteen oh one. There was there's a couple of nasty ones I saw on there, but it made me think back to the early days of internet um, chat rooms, right? So chat rooms came out when I was. I remember being in the Marine Corps and a buddy of ours had a computer in his room, and we would go down there and watch him talk to girls on a computer. I mean, I was never like that because. Um, well, one, I had a fucking personality and I could talk to, talk to somebody and <laughs> he was, he was behind his screen and I'll never forget. He was describing himself to this, to this potential girl on the other side. And I'm like, dude, you're not ripped. Like you, you don't even have a washboard stomach. And he was talking about a six pack and he was giving himself a couple extra inches on his height. And I was like, nah, dude. And I'm sure she was doing the same thing. And it started out with ASL. Do y'all know what that st- stands for? I don't know if we have millennials listening. Probably not. But ASL stood for age, sex, location. And you could just tell who you are, where you were. And that's how um, people would try to see if they could hook up. But it was funny. Um, that just kind of kind of reminded me of that. And uh, I started talking about the one-legged girl. And I promised I would tell this story. So I have... Man, I'm going to tell you, I've been a fortunate man to, I'm 42 years old and I, I swear I've lived the life of a thousand men. And I, 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 when I start having a bad day, I really think about some of the experiences I've had many, many of them. I will never be able to tell, um, just because, um, it shouldn't be talked about, but I want to tell this story. It's, it's not the best in the world, but it is kind of funny and, uh, you got to have a sixth sense of humor. And if I know the people listening to this, um, you are definitely going to be in this wheelhouse. This episode is probably going to be a little, a little bit longer. I'm looking, I'm six minutes in already and I haven't even started talking about what we want to talk about, but I'm gonna tell you a couple of stories. Um, one night I was at in our barracks and, uh, on Camp Lejeune, I was in the Marine Corps and we had just gotten telephones in, in our rooms and, uh, we used to have pay phones and then AT&T came through and thought they would provide a wonderful service for the Marines and charge them an astronomical amount of money for these phones. And we did it. And it wasn't long before the Marine Corps was like, Nope, y'all were getting these phones out of these rooms. So anyway, somehow all of the numbers were very similar. The, the first three numbers were the same. And then the last four numbers were uh, room to room to room. It was crazy. So apparently this girl and her friend were just calling random barracks numbers and trying to find guys that were interested in meeting up. And I will admit I was 20, 21 at the time you're surrounded by 200 dudes in the barracks. And when a girl calls your phone, you're like, wait a minute, what's this? Yes, I can give you a date. And then they start talking all that nasty stuff, you know, like really twisting my arm and, and my roommate's arm to come out. So me and my buddy, I won't mention his name. We got dressed up in our finest Hawaiian shirts back then and uh, had a shell necklace, put that snazzy thing on and I was stepping out, baby, stepping out. And, uh, we go to this Marina and she told, she, goes, <laughs> she can't, you can't make this shit up. She goes, 
you'll notice me. I have a broken leg. I just got into a car accident. So I was thinking, hey, no big deal. You know, broke a leg. That shit happens, right? So we get there and we're looking around and I don't see any girls with a broken leg, but I do see a girl sitting there with one fucking leg and she was waving at us. And um, I guess because we told her about her Hawaiian shirts and my buddy looks over at me and goes, what in the fuck did we just get into? And I was, you know, Marines, we're not scared of shit, right? So I was like, hey, we're committed. We have to, um, we have to push through the objective. Let's go get it. So we go up there and we start talking to her friend and her and this girl, she turns out to be crazy, crazy, crazy. And, uh, I will be honest. We didn't, we didn't even, we didn't leave with her. We, we just sat there. We had a couple beers and we left. All right. That's not the juicy part of the story. Juicy part of the story is apparently this little scam that they were running on Marines or not scam, but just getting Marines to come out and date paid off for them. I mean, they would get dates and stuff and hang out. But my buddy and I went back to the barracks that night. We laughed the whole way home. And, uh, (laughs) so a couple, couple of weeks later, I'm what they call the duty NCO, the non-commissioned officer. And I was downstairs and that's pretty much Every once in a while, you you would get assigned to just make sure everything's running smoothly at the barracks and nobody's out of control, right? Which everybody was out of control, and I can tell you stories about that for days. And it was I don't know, it was it was bullshit. So we would just sit down here and kind of watch all the fuckery going. Well, one night I, I, I had a marine come down and they said, uh, "Corporal House, there's a um there's a one legged girl on the third deck, and they're having an orgy with her. You might want to go check this out because <laughs> this is no bullshit." We used to have a lot of problems in our barracks. It was barracks HP 485 and any of my Marine Corps brothers that are listening. We actually had the, the base commander, which was a general, come down and, and and pretty much scolded our entire unit with our, our CO, our captain, because of how messed up things were at this barracks. I mean, we had some crazy stuff going. And you ask me questions, DM me after this episode. Ask me, tell me some things you want to know about. I can tell you about a guy getting beat to death with a guitar damn near. I can tell you, um, well, this isn't a funny story, but we had some, uh, some girls that were living in the barracks apparently, and nobody knew. And, uh, one of them ended up getting murdered later. That's not funny, but I mean, this stuff happened. I mean, it is, this is crazy shit. So anyway, I go to the third deck. I couldn't believe this and and it didn't register with me. This was the same three-legged gal, right? So I walk up there and bang on the door, and I shit you not when I opened the door, or not when I opened the door, when the Marines inside opened the door, there were at least six or seven Marines in this room, and this girl was servicing those Marines, and I just stood there, and I'm like, holy shit, what am I witnessing, right? I mean, I knew what I was witnessing, and I'm I'm trying not to laugh, because everybody was having a fantastic time. They didn't drag her up there. She hobbled up there willingly on her own, like, okay, so... That's what she would do. Her and her sister, apparently, or friend, whoever that was, they would call Marines and find out who wanted to hang out, and then they would hook up with them. And then she decided to hook up with half of a platoon of Marines, so that's on her. Um, this wasn't unusual behavior back then, so I'm laughing just because it's the just the one-legged girl, and this is the funniest thing, and it may not be funny to you. If you got a sixth sense of humor, if you don't have a sixth sense of humor, turn this shit off. I don't believe in making fun of people, okay? Especially for disabilities or anything like that. But this shit that my buddy said, he came came up there. It was my buddy that I went to meet this girl with. He was on the the balcony and he walks over to me. And he 
he walks up to the room and he's like, holy shit, it's the one-legged girl. And he goes, when you get done with that, you want to come outside and play a game of hopscotch? And everybody started laughing. And she didn't handle that too well. She didn't mind the fact that she was being degraded by seven or eight different Marines. But it, that hopscotch comp- comment fucking set her off and she got pissed off. And she got dressed and uh, got on her crutches and left. With um, Her friend was in another room with another group of Marines. But welcome to the United States Marine Corps. Uh, where the best of the best are always willing to serve their community and their country. Those military fuckers out there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Don't act like saints and don't act like you served your four years without doing something disgraceful, such as letting other Marines watch you fornicate. (laughs) This just got awkward. All right. Hey, listen. Um, I also last night, this is going to be a long episode. I can't help it. This is going to be one. Um, Since we're being nasty a little bit, talking a little bit uh, risque, if you will, um, this is more of like a, my my Christian tongue is going to come out. I do apologize. I was talking last night about hot dog cart that I owned. Look, since I was a kid, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. I can't spell entrepreneurial to save my life. I'm so fucked up with spelling. If I Googled it, Google wouldn't even correct it. You ever try to spell something thinking your phone's going to autocorrect it and your phone's like, just fucking try again. <laughs> That's me. So... But I've always, always, always believed in working for myself. I chose career paths where I didn't feel like I was working for other people. I um, those that, that didn't feel like a job to me, but I always swore I would never do a nine to five. I daring, There's just no way I could punch a clock and listen to somebody. So I've always tried things out. When I left the police department, um, I, don't, I didn't put this in my book. This is hilarious. This is kind of a hilarious story. I literally would try anything. I had... Um, I had enough money in my pocket to go buy a hot dog cart because I heard I did all this research on hot dogs, right? And I said, I'm going to start a side business. And this is before I started my limousine company. I went and bought a hot dog cart because I heard how much money you can make doing hot dogs. And I had a roommate at the time and I pulled up at the house and the girl that um, was my roommate was like, what in the fuck are you doing with the goddamn hot dog cart, dude? I said, girl, I'm going to sell these hot dogs. (laughs) So, um... I took my little trailer. I got my little business. I got um, I got approved through the health board and all this shit. I went jumped through all these hoops, and it was there was so much red tape just to get a damn, just to serve some hot dogs, right? But I had a different idea. I said, you know what? I'm not gonna go sit downtown and serve hot dogs. I'm gonna go to construction sites because I remember what it was like working construction when I was young, and working all these odds and end jobs. There was never any food around, and I, I thought, hey. If I can take these hot dog carts around all these construction sites, these dudes are going to be starving and they're going to be thirsty. So I loaded up Gatorades, hot dogs. I had some other stuff in there. And uh, I started going around to these construction sites on a place called Daniel Island. The place was booming in construction. I mean, out of control. And nobody would come to my hot dog cart. I mean, I would make get a few stragglers here and there. But it was almost like they would look at me, pull up, and they were just like, well, why is this dude standing in a hot dog cart looking at a bunch of construction workers trying to sell some bundling hot dogs. <laughs> and I wasn't wearing my jean shorts either, man. I was just a dude trying to make a little extra money. Um, but here's where I found when I, this is how I found I messed up. One day I was at a, at one of the bigger sites and I'm just sitting there waiting for, waiting for everybody to go on lunch. I was like, man, if I can just get a couple people to sell this, sell these hot dogs to 
I bullshit you not, this van pulls up. And out of this van got stepped one of the most beautiful Mexican girls I've ever seen in my life. And she was wearing a fucking bathing suit. And when she stepped out of that van, she opened her back doors and she had tamales, chalupas, burritos, Gatorades, every swinging, you know what, starts with a D word. All of them came running when this Mexican girl pulled up, even the white guys. So don't say, oh, it's just the Mexican food. I realized right then I was like, this is one sexist ass business. And if I'm going to compete, I need to put on my jean shorts and a bathing suit top. So I decided against that. And I sold my hot dog cart. That's all it took. And I was like, damn, she got me. So there's my two little bullshit stories. We are 16 minutes in and I need to get to work. So as you guys know, I hope you're I hope you're kicking ass this week. But you know, for new listeners, I have to reiterate this every week. So those of you that have already heard this, you're like, I know, Travis. I take all of my suggestions off of Instagram. I like talking about things that you, the listener, want to talk about. And that's how I interact with my audience is through Instagram. So if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're not following me on Instagram, follow me on Instagram and send me some suggestions on stuff that you'd like to hear um, based off of, you know, kind of what we do here. I got a suggestion about um, nightmares and I want to talk about nightmares. Let me move my paper. Hang on. A gentleman, uh, he he messaged me and he says, "Man, how do you how do you handle nightmares? And can you give me any um, pros and cons, do's or don'ts to how spouses can help you when you're having these um, these nightmares that it's really hard to explain? And and I don't mean like nightmares like oh the boogeyman's coming for me. I mean nightmares from traumatic experiences. Okay." I'll tell you for many, many years, I didn't have nightmares. I was able to sleep like a baby, even after some of the horrible things I'd experienced. There was a point of about a year in early 2006, I want to say it was, where I had some issues sleeping from some things in the past and they just went away. I don't know what happened. They came out of nowhere and they, and they just disappeared. I couldn't explain that. So I thought I was fine. And then after the event in 2007 that I had, um, the Charleston nine fire that killed my nine buddies, um, nightmares started coming back, but not only just nightmares, nightmares about tons of previous experiences over the years, um, in the emergency services. Ton- I mean, like literally they came flooding back to me. I would have nightmares about things that I, I had completely forgotten about and they would just come for me in the middle of the night. And it got so bad for years that I was afraid to go to sleep. Now think about that. I'm a grown man who's experienced all these crazy things. It's supposed to be this tough guy. I, I literally have cried alone in the dark in another room because I was scared to go to bed like a little kid. That's not easy to admit, but it's the truth. Um, so if you're a spouse of someone like that who has problems sleeping, who cannot sleep or fuck, honestly, they're afraid to go to sleep. That's got to be almost impossible to deal with. So we need to talk about that. What brings these nightmares on? Um, it can be, it can be an array of things. It can be triggers from the day. Uh, it can just be traumatic exposures from your past. 
And those triggers just, man, it flips a switch. And sometimes there's no control in that. And I think with me now, my nightmares have completely subsided. But I think the reason I was having them so often was because I wasn't in a good place anymore. I was in the lowest spot, lowest point of my life, even though everything looked fine from the outside looking in. Um, I was hollow inside and I wasn't, I wasn't happy and I was always dwelling on things and I was still playing that victim card to poor, poor me. And, and inevitably when you live in that world, that is your world. That is the reality of your world. Even, even when you're, um, unconscious, you're sleeping. I mean, that becomes your reality. So I think that has something to do with it because when I finally found my purpose again, and I was on a mission to do better in life and I fully owned and accepted everything in my past, man, I'm telling you, it was like a light switch. Everything got better for me. hundred percent better, not even 99. I mean, a hundred percent better. So I think if you're having those issues, you need to have a real good talk with yourself. Step aside, away from everybody. Go look in the mirror if you have to. And just say, who am I? What is my purpose? Why am I having these issues? Am I feeling sorry for myself for something? Am I playing the victim card? And chances are, you probably are. At at some point, you're probably the victim in your own world. And you're, you're, you're doing the why me thing and you're projecting all that bullshit into your spouse's life or other people's life. And honestly, they don't need it. They don't deserve it. So you need to own whatever's happened to you. There's no excuse for it. Um, had a good conversation with a friend this morning and there's just, unfortunately guys and girls in, in the professions I've been in, we end up treating people on the outside just quite honestly, like shit sometimes. And actually a lot of times because of what's happened to us. And honestly, it's not fair. They don't deserve that. We're better than that. We're stronger than that. And we have to admit that and own that and accept it. And you need to start making some damn apologies for the way we've treated, you know, people, especially those close to us. And I promise you, I am just as guilty of this as, as anybody else. Once you start doing that, I promise you everything turns around and um, your life will be on, on a better track. Spouses, do's and don'ts. If you have somebody that is going through the nightmare stages, whatever you do, don't try to snap them out of it. Stay away from them. Don't fucking touch them. Do not grab them. You don't need to get punched in the throat in the middle of the night. You don't need to be slammed down. You don't need to be grabbed or anything. Cause that is a scary, scary, scary situation. Um, when we are having these nightmares, we're not thinking correctly. And honestly, we get quite, quite frightened and quite scared. So someone coming over to wake you up or just to try to snap you out of a dream or something. Um, it, it could be ugly and not intentionally, but it's just one of those things. So it's like when someone's having a seizure, we don't try to stop them from season. What do we do? We move things away from them that could hurt them or hurt us. And we have to let them seize and we just try to let them seize safely. So if your spouse is dreaming, try to let them dream safely. When they wake up, watch them. Don't try to communicate right away. Let them wake up. Cause some, there's been times where I've sat up in the bed and my wife will start talking to me and I have no clue who she is. Um, and you don't want that because you don't want to start having a conversation with somebody that doesn't really know who you are, or they don't even know where they are at the moment. So 
Sometimes they'll sit up and go back to sleep. Um, sometimes they'll snap out of it. There were times where I would get up and I, I had to get out of bed and I would walk into other rooms. I've, I've, I've walked outside and cried before. Um, because you can't explain some of this shit. Reliving that stuff when you sleep is, is a scary thing. So I hope that helps um, spouses. So if you have any questions, DM me. I'd be happy to chat with you. Let's talk about, I got another question. Got to read this. Hang on. How do you stay motivated while during, during your struggles? And what tactics did I use during my recovery? That's a, that's a, that's a tricky one, man. Um, because the first thing we want to do, I feel like I wanted to do when I was really struggling was be the victim. It almost made it, um, justifiable, right? If we could somehow justify why we were feeling like this versus just accepting the situation, it's easy. It's always easier to point the finger and, and put blame on things around us than to just accept the truth. And I think that's what it was for me. And so it was very hard to stay motivated when I was in my darkest places because I was constantly the victim. And I think when it started turning around for me was when I realized, Hey, look, man, all these shitty things happen and there's not a damn thing I can do about it. Moping around, feeling sorry for myself is only going to keep me in this same atmosphere that I'm in. And it's not going to change. There's a plane flying over. I don't know if y'all can hear that. Hey, to the guy that had a problem with the sound the other day, guess what? I hope you're listening to that fucking Southwest Airlines plane, and I hope you like it. Think about taking a trip sometime, buddy. <laughs> um, so the way that I was able to recover, man, and I've talked about this in previous episodes, is you literally have to count your blessings around you. You literally have to think about all the good things versus the bad things. Because I promise you the good in your life far outweighs the bad a million times over. There's so many good things that are going on in our life. Look, if you're breathing, you're having a good day. So whatever you're harping about and you're wondering, you're thinking, thinking about and whatever's dragging you down, honestly, in the grand scheme of life, again, I always say this, and I've said this in previous episodes, it's not worth it. Step away from it, count your blessings, think about them and appreciate them and move, move on and press forward. The next um, next message I had was how spouses can help during low points, and I got a I got a little note that I put under there that says during our low points, are we bringing our spouses down or are we building them up? And I talked about this a second ago. Look, I've I've been as guilty of it as some of you, and maybe some of you aren't guilty of it. I've been um, I've brought everybody down around me, not just a spouse. I've brought family down. I brought friends down. Um, I'm not too proud anymore to, to say that. And before that, it, it was never me. It was everybody around me is fucked up and there's no way I am. I was, I was perfect and everybody else was the problem. And that, that is the problem. It's when you're stuck in that mindset, you're in a bad, bad place and you need to realize, and maybe it's going to take hearing it for some of you to realize you're in that place, because I think that becomes so normal thinking that way that you believe it. You really believe your bullshit. And I believed my bullshit forever for the longest time for years. And it hurts knowing the real truth. It hurts knowing that 
I did so much damage to people that I really genuinely cared about and love, right? But that's part of the growth process, right? We learn from these mistakes that we've made we, we, and we try to do better. We don't just um, use our words, but we, we do better through our actions. You know, an apology is one thing, but your actions are a whole, whole nother um, thing. So try not, to, um, try not to bring those people down around you for whatever you're going through. Before you, before you open your mouth, try to think a little bit. And look, I'm, I'm guilty of it, and that's the only reason I can somewhat speak intelligently about it is um, because I've, I've lived that life, and it's not, it's not a good place to be. That brings me to my last point, I think, on this, uh, on, this, on this episode anyway. And I have a note here, and I think this might be the title of the episode. It's going to be called Comfortable Misery, okay? And I think this might be more for the spouses or the, um, than the actual people that suffer. And, man, it could be for those who suffer too. But think about what I just said. What, what is comfortable misery, right? That's when we're so comfortable in our shitty little environment or a world and a headspace that we live in that we don't do better for ourselves. We know we deserve better. We know we, ex- we expect more out of life, but we get so comfortable with the security of where we are. We refuse to change. We refuse to try to do something different. And I've spoken about this on other episodes. We keep going through the same motions, doing the same bullshit, expecting a different um, turnout, right? Um, I think that's the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and over, expecting uh, a different outcome. And that's, that is, that is insanity at its finest. And I think what we do for, I can, I think this will be for spouses that, that are experiencing this. Like you want your spouse to change, you want your friend to change, whatever it is, and they're just not doing it. So you stay in that same environment and don't think, I don't think you haven't thought about leaving because I know you have, um, but you don't and you don't because sometimes it's just too comfortable. Um, we, do, we actually do this in, um, business decisions. We do this in our work environments. I know a lot of people who are miserable in their work environment and they refuse to leave it because of the comfortable misery. And this is what's crazy. Think how paralyzing this is, Right. If you're stuck somewhere, whether it's a relationship, whether it's at work, whatever it may be, you have two choices. You can stay in that comfortable misery, and this is why people don't. But if I leave this, it could get worse, and that's why people don't leave. They don't think for a second that, hey, if I leave this, it could be better. That's not what... People, for some reason, our, our brains don't, don't work that way. We immediately go to the negative. Everything I've done, all the, all the shit that I've been through, I've always come out better for it. Every single fucking time. Every time. I mean, 100%. Everything that I have experienced negatively, I've always come out better for it and stronger and more, more in tune with myself. But yet we decide to stay in these uncomfortable environments and stay miserable because it 
It just may not work out for me. Well, I can tell you what can happen if you don't leave the environment that you're thinking about leaving. Nothing's ever going to change. Ever. And you're just going to be miserable for the rest of your life. And that's, that's not fair to yourself. You, you owe it to yourself to live the absolute best life that you can possibly live while you're here on this earth. And there's no excuse for that. I think I know a lot of people, they don't, they think that they don't deserve better and that's just utter bullshit. And I used to be that way. Um, that was that survivor's guilt that, that I had, I felt guilty for even breathing. I felt guilty for being alive because I had brothers of mine that were taken from me who had families, they had children, they were, they were married. And at the time I was single, I didn't have any of that. And I thought I was disposable. Um, why take them when they had all these wonderful things going on and people that depended on them? Why take them and not me? You know, and I lived with that shit for many, 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 many years. Um, and now I don't, I don't feel guilty for, for being alive. What I do is I take comfort in knowing that whatever I went through made me stronger and I get to see all the blessings around me now. And it took a long ass time to be able to, to see that and view my world this way. Um, I just hope that there's a reason why I'm talking about this this morning. Um, I get a lot of messages from people on here and, um, this kind of inspired me to talk about that comfortable misery this morning because of some, something, um, someone that, that follows me is going through, I uh, got a message this morning and it was just, I had to have a conversation with this, with this person and just let them know like, Hey, look, I know this is tough right now. I know that you're stronger than this, but this, what this thing that you're going through is so so polarizing to you. It's blinding your ability to see all the positive things around you. You're in a community. This person's an emergency services community. You're in a community that will wrap its arms around you in a heartbeat. So you, you don't really have any worries. You, um, you're moving on to something better. And that's, I don't, you know, obviously put people's business in the street, but that's where this came from. And it made me think about um, all those, all those situations I was in, in life and how, you know, I used to just see only the bad things and I was, I was blinded and I was, I wasn't capable of seeing the blessings around me. And we just got to keep that in perspective, man. And, um, that's about it for this episode. This dude, I'm at the 35 minute mark. That's, that's what I'm trying to commit to. And Hey, look, I got to do this. I got to do what I call a call to action. I'm asking you guys, with these episodes, if you like them, will you please share them in your Instagram story, uh, tag me in them, and I'm going to restart resharing them because Facebook and they're doing their thing to where I can't really get the word out about these podcasts. And I think the things that we talk about on here is, are some things that you know some of our brothers and sisters and uh, loved ones need to hear. Um, I could be wrong, but I could be right. And I would hate for someone to just not know about this and I know some of the things we're talking about, are, they're resonating because I get the messages from people. So if you could share those episodes, tell your friends to subscribe uh, to the iTunes podcast, the Spotify podcast, and also to find me on Instagram because the more that I can build that thing up with you guys, um, the more topics we can get and the more, I mean, I just think the, the, the better this is going to be. It's going to continue to grow. Um, 
Obviously, my book, as always, go get it. It's on Amazon. It's called Create Your Own Light. And if you've bought the book, I do need you, I do ask of you, please go in there and leave a review. We're almost over 300 reviews. And uh, those reviews really help other people in their decision-making process with whether they think they should get a book or not. So uh, I would really appreciate it if you would take the time just to go leave a, a review. Good, bad, or indifferent um, doesn't doesn't really matter to me. Um, I just... All that matters is that you um, just go give some honest feedback. Um, yeah, I think that's it, man. I hope you guys, I hope you guys crush the shit out of your week. Any um, any topic ideas or anything that you'd like me to spin off of this episode, just DM me, shoot me a DM, and I'll jot it down and see if we can't get to it. Uh, until then, I hope you guys have a great great week. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.